Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. On the road, you can hear the background noise. We are in urban downtown Denver at MSU Denver. Just a gem here for all of Colorado and the country with so many amazing programs. So we are so blessed that we're on the road meeting interesting and wonderful people. And joining us today is Braylon Pentel. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. This and the crowd fun. goes wild. Woo! <laughs> I know it's kind of not what you get to do every day, but we are so happy to talk to a dean of students here at the university just to hear all about what does that look like and all about the student body here. So tell everybody first a little bit about you and how did a nice girl like you get in a great job like this? Fabulous. Well, yeah, my name's Braylon, and um, I am, so, I, 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 as a college student myself, was really um, connected and really benefited from having a strong sense of community and supports um, as I was navigating through my own college experience and had those, those difficult moments, as, as most of us do. And so that inspired me to um, think about a career in, in higher education and specifically in student affairs and really um, motivated by the notion of community building and supporting students who, who need a little help along the way, right? And, and college is tough. It's tough for lots of different reasons. And um, the nature of the challenges that I think pop up are as, as diverse as our students themselves. And so I am in my role really as a conduit for connection and community building and support for our students. And so that's that's kind of my driver. Now, where did you particularly, where did you grow up? What Where'd you grow up? I'm a New Englander. I so I am uh, East Coast through and through. I grew up in New Hampshire, and uh, I did my undergrad at a, a small school in upstate New York. So my parents are New Yorkers. And nice. Yeah, I moved out to Colorado um, right out of right out of college, and I came out here to, to go to grad school. Grad school take one, and uh, stuck around. That was 20 years ago, and here I am. Well, I tell you, I came from the Midwest, right? From Indiana, although I was born in Worcester, oh, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. yep, yep. So, so you're a New Englander at heart, too. Well, my mom used to pack a car, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> she would talk really normal living in Indiana till she went to the East Coast. And the minute she hit the East Coast, she packed a car. Yeah. That's... And we'd be like, Mom, you're talking funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I, I don't have the accent. I think there. I think there's something about New Hampshire. We're just, a, I, I grew up probably, you know, I don't know, two hours north of Boston. And yet I am, I, I'm not a Bostonian. Yeah. So. And you don't have the funny talk no, of some no. of those uh, like my mom used to have. No. Okay, so you came to beautiful Colorado. Yep. You found your path. And so how long have you been at MSU Denver in yep. this role? Uh, just about, I've been at the university about 10 years. And I've been in my, well, I know I've been in my specific role six years because I came into my position just as I was about to have my first daughter and she just turned six. So six years in the role. Great, so. great. And I was saying to you, like, you are such a vibrant and wonderful dean of students. When we, I was at Purdue University, um, a long time ago. I graduated in 1983 and our of students was the rickety, oldest, curmudgeon, mean, like she just yelled at us. She never had, you know, uplifting things. So I'm so happy for all the students that they get someone like you. So let's talk about the students. Yeah. Tell us a lot about, I know you have such a diverse campus here, but let's talk about really the demographics of who are the students of MSU Denver. Yep. You know, I think um, one sort of relevant place to start is they're Coloradans, right, through and through. So um, I think it's 96% of our students are Colorado residents. And, um, you know, so that means they have deep connections to our community, 
Um, their families oftentimes are, are you know, multi-generation Coloradans. And, and they also tend to stay in Colorado, right? So I think it's 80% of our students um, after graduation stay and work and kind of continue in their Colorado connection, you know, for, for presumably generations beyond as well. So, you know, I think that's relevant when I think about, you know, who we are as an institution, where we're situated, and the, the relevancy of the connections to the community at large, and thinking about the importance that we place on partnerships with logical folks in the community, whether it's nonprofits or the city and county of Denver or you know, other um, kind of pillars of support in the community. Because frankly, a lot of times our students are already connected and sort of expect and see themselves as community um, members in addition to MSU Denver students. So that's kind of a, a good place to start and I think relevant for um, working with, with any organization for them to know that, um, well, we have, and not, to, not to knock certainly any of our students who are coming from, from out of state or international students, we certainly have some of them as well. Um, this notion of being connected to Colorado, I think is really central to, to our students as a whole, but also to the university. And what are the age demographics? Because you saying that, that they're already connected to the community really reminds me of your whole lifetime learning yep. focus that you have here. Yep. Because I keep joking, but not about coming back here and going to film school yeah. in my 60s, because yeah, no, I think it totally. sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So um, yeah. What, what is that age it, mix? It, so it spans, right, so we've got students right out of high school. We actually have some students who are in high school. We have some concurrent enrollment programs, so we actually have students that are quite literally in high school while they're also connected to MSU Denver and enrolled in classes. But we also have students, quite literally, if you came back as a 60-year-old, you would not be the oldest student, guarantee. All right, we, all right. <laughs> at, at graduation every year, our president does a little shout out for, for the youngest graduate and the oldest graduate. And that person is oftentimes in their 70s, if not in their 80s. So just saying, the future right. is bright for you See, to come back there and be you a go. So we have a lot of age diversity. Yeah. And then I just know you have a lot of economic diversity, yep, absolutely. which you know is really inspiring to me because because we are here today delivering 2,000 pairs of socks yep. for your students and needs, but I know that that's just not all of what you do. Yep. You have all kinds of programs. So talk a little bit about, you know, um, some of the students that everybody thinks a college student, right? It predefines that, oh, a college student, right. but your college students are super diverse. Right, exactly. So that notion and that the um, stereotype of, oh, you know, a student who's here to have fun for four years on mommy and daddy's dime is certainly not the MSU Denver reality. Um, just as an example, 75% of our students, or actually I think it's 76% of our students, are either first-generation college students, first in their family to go to college, the students of color, uh, veterans, we have a large veteran military student population, um, or students who are eligible for the Pell Grant, so that sort of speaks to the economic diversity. The Pell Grant's a federal grant that allows um, low-income individuals to hopefully access higher education. And so, um, you know, again, seven, the, the vast majority of our students um, sort of have at least one of those aspects um, of identity in, in, in themselves, and so certainly that shapes how we work and support our students. We are thinking very much about our students as people first, sort of a human-centered approach. Approach, not not just students sort of recognizing that the responsibilities and the the aspects of their lives um, when they're not you know sitting in class whether that's here on campus or virtually these days um, is not the only sort of relevant aspect of who they are as it relates to their studies so we've, we're talking a lot about things like students who are parenting and who are balancing challenges around um, child care and especially in this environment and and homeschooling as or, or virtual remote school Katie and I were just talking about that um, but also as it relates to their own schooling or students who have um, who are working right that's a super relevant data point about MSU Denver students our students work 
80% of our students are working while they're in school. Um, and sometimes that's a part-time job, but a lot of times that's a full-time plus job, right? right? So thinking about, again, all of the unique challenges that they're navigating as it comes to everything from scheduling their work hours to, you know, negotiating with their boss about maybe time that they need off to study come, you know, midterms or finals. Um, and really just, just financially making it all work. And I think we're seeing that... Um, that changing and evolving. Um, certainly since the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of students who are now unemployed or underemployed and are really struggling because they're, 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 they're just barely kind of getting by. And so the need for us to think really strategically um, and tactically about how we support them sort of in the here and now as well is, is incredibly important. Um, so we've got a couple of cool programs that I, I think would be worth mentioning around kind of how we're doing that. Right, because I know you do have some innovation going on. Tell us yeah. about them. So a couple of things. Um, well, and this one isn't new, but I want to highlight it. So we have a, um, a, we have a lot of students who are struggling with food insecurity. They don't know where they're going to get their next meal. And so we've got... Um, a uh, food pantry. We've had a food pantry on campus for about 10 years now where we've, you know, when, when we're open on campus, it's it's a traditional pantry in that students can come in and select um, primarily non-perishable foods, although we actually have a, a cool new partnership um, with our hospitality program, our academic program, where students are taking cooking classes and are cooking to learn and are making, in some cases, excessive amounts of food. We have now a program where we're able to package those um, extra food items up and freeze them and then redistribute them out to students in need through the food pantry. Wow, so, that's yeah. so cool. We're going to head over to Degree yeah. later yes. and talk to those yeah. people. That's going to yeah. be fun. Absolutely. And we've done, we're doing a lot, though, related to both food, housing, and security, and really just students' basic needs. So we're starting to think about this notion of, of um, again, going back to sort of this notion of community at large and beyond sort of the gates of MSU Denver, but helping students access and navigate through um, public benefits. So whether that's SNAP, so Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, food stamps, um, or um, TANF or in Colorado, Colorado Works, or WIC for students who are um, young parents and, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with uh, the financial challenges of, of bringing children um, up and, and so forth, but really looking at how we can help students um, access those community benefits and really use that to help propel them through their time as a student when financially things are, are apt to be pretty tight. So we, we've got a lot going on in that space as it relates to public benefit support. Yes, and just yeah. navigating that. I mean, the Absolutely. understanding is nine-tenths of that, right? Absolutely. I'm sure there's so much great things available, but someone has to translate and then just help these students figure that out. Oh, I, I could, I could, I could tell you stories that are just heartbreaking around how difficult it is to do that very thing. I mean, yes. I've got, I had a student, um, actually she was a student employee in my office a couple years ago, um, who she got CCAP, which is the Child Care Assistance Program in Colorado. She was a single mom of a little boy um, who was here at the daycare center on campus. And when she moved, because she was looking for a cheaper place to live from Denver County, I can't remember where it was, which other county she moved yeah. to, but something else outside of the Denver County yeah. uh, geographic zone, her entire benefits needed to reset and she had to go through just really, really challenging hoops to be able to continue to receive the benefit that she so desperately needed in order to go to school and earn her degree, which she also needed in order to help support her son. And so that's a good ah. example where you've got a team of case managers, a small but mighty team in our student care center who are really able to sort of sit with students. They're, they're trained primarily as social workers to sort of work through kind of all of that and the complexities of community resources, but also, you know, the university resources that it, sometimes it's hard to navigate within the university too. And so while oh, we're sure. trying to make that as seamless as possible, like challenges pop up. And so we're, we're very interested in working with students 
um, to support them and kind of sit with them as they navigate through what's what's going on. Boy, well, that is surely different than uh, 1983 when I was in college <laughs> in the olden days, maybe right, as we would call right. that, because I just really think the focus mostly was on rules and breaking rules and getting in trouble and not really looking at the whole student. Yeah. And so I like that in your job title, also you have engagement and wellness. Absolutely. I mean, I'm so impressed that a dean of students has wellness in her job description. Yeah. It's like, duh. Well, that's you know, a huge hello, part of it. If I, these kids are not, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically supported. You got it. And well, how can they learn and how can they go ding, into ding, the ding. world and be launched to their greatness See? that MSU Denver supporting them to do? I want to be a caseworker yes. on the team. <laughs> I am in. I need Come a new on, career God. here in my 60s over here yeah. at MSU Denver. No, you've got it 100%. I mean, and, and so mental health is a huge component of what we're working on as it relates to wellness. We've got... Um, a really, I think, appreciation for understanding the importance of, of wellness and in particular mental health. Obviously, physical health is, is important and we're, we're working a lot these days with our health center, um, which is a part of our student engagement and wellness team along with our counseling center to ensure students can access um, healthcare services um, at, at no cost in most cases. And so that's another really important prong of our overall efforts these days. Wow. Well, I know people listening are just like, what? That is like everything good all wrapped up into a package under that umbrella called Dean of Students. But it's really, it's really bigger. It's really that integration, I think, of students as people. Yeah, exactly. To, to get the it. support they need so they can then have the focus and the time to learn what they need to learn, yep. to be their best self, to launch into the world. And MSU Denver is a place to do that. Well, that is awesome. I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, I want to take that as a soundbite for okay, our purposes that too. Is you a totally got bite. it down. I, well, okay. It's, I always ask these two important questions yep. to MSU Denver people. Um, when, what is one kind of secret you know about MSU Denver that the world might not know that you want them to know from you today? I think just sort of the, the culture and the sort of richness that, that we're alive, right? Like the, you know, we don't, we don't, um, we don't have housing, right? So we're not a residential campus. And so in some ways, I think sometimes people then sort of dismiss the possibility that there might be sort of life on campus and nothing could be further from the truth. Our students are leaders, they're engaged, they're activists, they're community builders among their own MSU Denver community. And, and it's powerful. And that is a really important piece as well of, of not just their college experience, but their, they're, they're sort of set up for their success beyond. I think about the importance of leadership and, and all of those skills around working with people and navigating through conflict and all that comes along with that, that they're learning here, both in the classroom, but also outside of the classroom, that they then bring to, to their job right out of college or beyond, right? And right. I think that's a really important piece of it and, and, and something that, that, that also ties to that component around our students working while they're in school. We really try to integrate kind of the values and the, the experiences that they get from their workplace, whether that's, you know, in their discipline or field they're studying or at Starbucks, but try to help them understand the importance of those skills and bringing that um, to, to the university, but also to their career beyond. Yeah, well, we met uh, Katia Campbell yeah, and did an interview great. with her. She's uh -huh. so great. And she told us all about dialogues and all the yeah. cool things happening. And of course, uh, you know, you could see Dr. Davidson's stamp and leadership on yes. everything, just yep. her vision. And we will have her on one of these shows. So awesome. um, the last thing I ask you is what are you personally excited about now? You mentioned you had a child that turned six. <laughs> so you're definitely doing something other than this job, which I think sounds like 700 people's jobs because you have so many great things going on. I'm sure you have a great team supporting you, but what are you personally excited about? Yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm both excited and a little anxious about, um, but just really sort of unlocking the possibilities as it relates to sort of virtual engagement, both 
personally with my own family, I've got a, a two-year-old at home as well, so kind of managing all of that, but also, um, you know, in some ways, we've talked a lot about, you know, all of the challenges with the pandemic, and, and certainly there are many. But I also think this has really been a catalyst for us to reimagine how we um, connect with students and how we do that community building. And I think there's some really awesome things that we've got in store. And um, I, it's sort of forcing us to, to get there a little faster, I think. And so if I can find one little sort of nugget of goodness in this that does excite me, it's the possibilities that we have as it relates to sort of opening our virtual doors um, on the student engagement sort of front to many more students, um, both who are currently roadrunners and hopefully future roadrunners as well. Oh, well, after hearing this interview, you're going to have a lot of future roadrunners because everyone now can learn more about MSU Denver, the incredible, you know, treasure trove of not only the educational platform, but also the diversity, the ability to work, the ability to come back and be a lifetime learner, Absolutely. to, you know, get a degree or not. Yep. To take a film class. Oh, that's me again. To take a film <laughs> class. Well, we have so loved having you on the show today. Thank you so much. This is Boost Power Podcast. As you can hear, we are on the road in Metro Denver with all life happening around us. We are on the campus of MSU Denver. We're interviewing amazing people that are part of this culture here. Uh, find out more and learn all you can about MSU Denver. And thank you, Braylon, for being such a great guest on the show today. Thank you. This was fun. Have a great one. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast on the road in urban downtown Denver at MSU Denver, where we're interviewing people and students and finding out all the deep, dark secrets about this wonderful university. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma, and today with me, Colleen Collis is with us. She is in sports management here at MSU Denver. She is a professor, I believe. I am. And uh, she's going to talk to all of us about just kind of this whole field, because we've just interviewed today two of her amazing students in her program. So Colleen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us about you. So, you know, like I say, what's a nice girl like you doing here in this role at MSU Denver? So where did you grow up? And then, you know, kind of along the way, what was the path that led you to where you are today? Well, I grew up in the great state of Michigan. And um, I have been involved with sports um, as an athlete most of my life. And then I went to undergraduate school actually up in northern Michigan, which is in Marquette, um, where I played volleyball. And so that was the start of a path down being a, a collegiate athlete. Um, and then I thought I wanted to coach for a while. So um, I had a degree in corporate fitness management, which I really enjoyed, um, but I enjoyed coaching a bit more. And then after I sort of saw that as a career where you couldn't have much of a balance to your life. And I found out that I really enjoyed teaching. Um, I was in a role at Eastern Oregon University where I was a head volleyball coach and also um, an assistant professor. And I felt very torn, uh, but that's where I fell in love with, with teaching. And when I found out that I could actually teach in an area um, at the time was called sport administration and that I could get a doctoral degree, um, there were only three schools at the time that had a terminal degree in this area. And one was um, University of Northern Colorado. So that's how I first got to the state of Colorado and finished my uh, doctorate degree up there. And um, 
then thought, uh-oh, spent all this money, I better get a job now, right? Yeah, uh, now it's time. Yes, now it's the, time. To get big job. Right, and I took my first teaching job, at, but it forced me to move back to New England, where I had never lived east of Michigan, but I had a great experience at a small private business school. But always in the back of my mind, after you've lived in Colorado, there's that pull. Um, and so, although I loved my position there and, and moved up through the ranks, I kept saying, boy, if one opens. and Luckily enough, and what I always tell my students is through my network, um, I got an email one day that said, hey, we have a position open at MSU Denver. Would you be interested? Wow. And so I jumped on it and because I knew. That was the jackpot, yeah, because yeah. you knew about Colorado. Funny, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I went to Purdue University. Boilermakers. I was a Boilermaker, and I also am in the Grand Rapids Basketball Hall of Fame for Gus Macker 3 on 3 basketball tournaments, which I ran the biggest one outside Michigan in Indiana. So I had friends, in, you know, all in Michigan. We yeah. lived in Michigan a little stent when I was a kid. And so you and I had the same perspective. When we moved from that Midwest, which gray, dirty snow, <laughs> gray from like November, right, this right. spring, to Colorado, yeah. And you go, really, God, you make these blue skies every day? Exactly. And, and, it's, um, and when I, I'm very adventurous, you know, I've enjoyed outdoor activities. It's just nice to have the sunshine year round. So I'm so spoiled that when I go back home to Indiana and the humidity, you get, you know, you get on the tarmac and that humidity kicks in. And then I just had that, oh, my gosh, Colorado is the greatest place on earth. Yeah. And I look up and the skies are not always blue. And I, gosh, oh, if you're there in the snow. Well, you and I have that moved from the Midwest. And I'm never, I'm never going back. I love my family. And I say, I have a secret. It's called Colorado. <laughs> it's so great to be here. So you landed the dream job. You're here now. So tell us a little bit about the program and the kind of kids, what they're studying. And are you still involved in volleyball at all? Because we just had a great volleyball person right. on the show today. Yeah, Kayla is a great student in our program, a phenomenal athlete. If you haven't seen her play, she's, she's incredible. But our program is, I think it's exciting um, because if they had it back when I was in school, I would have studied that as an undergrad, I think. But we teach the business aspects of the sport industry. And so we run the gamut from game day operations to events and promotions, uh, to people who want to do sponsorship and marketing, to facilities coordinators. And so um, the program is based around uh, teaching what it takes to sort of, you know, run a team or work for a league or promote, um, you know, a basketball game, which has no shelf life. You know, you have one opportunity to get it right and then it kind of poofs and goes away and you got to right. promote the next game. Right. Um, but we get a great mix of students and um, maybe someone has mentioned, we get a lot of transfer students here. And what I find really nice is we, we have students who come in a little more focused on what they want to do because they've kind of tried it maybe somewhere else. but. They come here, they find our program, and the thing we're probably most proud of is we have a lot of hands-on applied experiences where, I mean, there's no greater city in terms of um, sports entities in the metro area. And so we've worked with nonprofits, the Boys and Girls Club, the Gold Crown Foundation, to every Cronky team. Entity, uh, which is a lot. <laughs> the, the Rockies. And so um, because of our location, beautiful Colorado, but also Metro Denver, we just have created a lot of opportunities for community engagement, for joint projects where the students can actually work on uh, different things um, that the local teams have going on and can help. Well, that's exciting. I cannot tell a lie. I was the first intern at Indiana Sports Corporation. So that would have been, I graduated from college in 1983. So I took uh, an internship probably 1980. 
one in 82. I worked on the National Sports Festival, which now has become the Olympic Festival. Yes, very familiar with that. And uh, I worked for a lady named Sandy Knapp, who was a really pioneer woman in the world of athletics. And we sat around a table, you'll like the story, and all the founding fathers and mothers and me, the intern, right? And they said, we're going to use amateur sports to get our city on the map, Indianapolis, Indiana, in the end of the 70s, early 80s. We're going to pick amateur sports. We're going to self-declare we are the amateur sports capital of the world. So we started putting up billboards all over town, amateur sports capital of the world. And we had the National Sports Festival coming to town, and they had swimming. So we put at the touch part where the athletes would come in, Indianapolis, amateur sports capital of the world. And so when ABC or whoever was covering it, they would see the athletes touch that point and it would be on the international TV, amateur sports capital of the world. And I got to say, you know, we made that up and then lived into that. And in the 80s, they did a really good job of getting a velodrome and, you know, building the facilities and having the Final Four and so many things. And uh, they even attracted the NCAA headquarters to right. Indianapolis. Yeah, I was going to say, sports. that was prior to the NCAA moving to yes. uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, so I was that kid that was that intern, and then I volunteered at 45 Pacer home games a year for three years as a volunteer, passing out the chick razors and the, <laughs> the, the, the gifts. But, you know, I, I think you can relate to that because of what these students need to know, which is it is not the glamour of the cool sportswear yeah. that's as Indiana Pacers. When you've been there 42 nights, you know, you know all the people that run the vomitories and, and seat the people. And, uh, you know, you even know the name vomitory, which is where you walk into an arena for all the people thinking that's a weird name. So, uh, yeah, so I was always behind the scenes in the back room with the Pacer management as just a kid. So how fun for all of your kids. Well, awesome. And what about like the age demographic? Do you have some people who come back, you know, older students that say, you know, I did something boring like accounting and now I want to be in my heart in sports management? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our average age, um, I think, like with the university is a little older in terms of um, 22, but we've, I've had students in their mid forties come back. I had one student, um, it was probably in his early 50s, and he just said, you know what, I've put it off all my life. I sat down, talked to my wife, and my passion is this, and she kept saying, why don't you do something about it? So it was so wonderful to have someone like that in class that could share all the experiences with some of the more traditionally um, aged students. And so we get a wide variety, but I do find that the sport industry somehow gets into people's soul and they want to come back and see, hey, is there a way I can follow this dream, even though it might be a little delayed. Right. And it, it is a business. You know, they, we say the business of sport, but, you know, there's just one piece that you see when you see the actual sport happening. It is all the behind the scenes, the sponsorship, something I'm involved with, the marketing, the promotions. And it sounds like you cover all that gamut of learning all those different areas. Yeah, that's it's interwoven throughout the curriculum. And we um, you know, have some professors in place where that's been some of their specialty, whether it be marketing or understanding finance or organizational management. And so we feel like the students get a pretty good overview of, like you said earlier, it's not all glitz and glamour. It's a lot of long hours, non-traditional hours and work behind the scenes that make all of these great events happen. Right. And we just are praying for them to come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we want the great events back. Um, so what is one a secret about MSU Denver that you know that you might share with the world? Because every time I'm on this campus, I'm more inspired. And I just think there's so many things to tell. So as a faculty, what do you see that you might share? I think uh, for me and my department, we have the best. I've only been at 
to other universities or colleges, but the collegiality within our department, and I don't think a lot of people see that, but we will do virtual happy hours during a time like this when we, we legitimately miss each other. And that may not be unique to some people, but I found it unique in my experience that it's um, really uh, within our department, people know each other's families and they know about their kids and they know where they went on vacation. And, and it doesn't hurt that our building is sort of next to the Tivoli Brewery. So we've been known to have some happy hours. Yeah, there in place. there's a happy hour in there somewhere. I get yeah. it. But you know, you're in sports and that's kind of important, the camaraderie. And I, I think that that's part of your job description. Absolutely. And what are you personally excited about now? I can just feel that you're excited about your program and your kids. But, you know, you know we're all human beings, too, and outside this job and family. And, and, and what is, you know, what's on your heart right now? I think that I'm confident that we're going to come out of this okay. Um, I was thinking about, especially the young women in our program, knowing that Kayla was going to be here. And, and they've secured some great jobs. And I'm just excited for them to be young and to be able to bring their ideas to the table. And I think that um, I've always been, I've been accused of being a Pollyanna sometimes, but I, I do always think things are gonna be okay. We just maybe have to shift our focus. And we try to share that with our students. And I feel like um, recently when we've had to do everything online with them or through Teams meetings or Zoom, um, I've been pleasantly surprised that they're remaining positive and they're hopeful and they're looking to their future of, well, when I do get to work for the Broncos or when I do have this placement with um, the Boys and Girls Club, this is what I'm gonna do or I have a new idea of how to use social media. So that's something that gets me excited, keeps me excited going into fall. Perfect, perfect. Well, it's been so nice because we met Audi and we met Kayla and they're both shining examples of not only great athletes, but great people. Right. And really, MSU Denver has been a perfect place for both of them, I think, in your program, getting the kind of training they need, having diversity and inclusion everywhere and really having the hands on experiences they're so excited about alongside of their sport, which they're both so passionate about their sport. Well, Colleen, we are so happy to have you on Boost Power Podcast today. Thank you for being a shining example of a department lead and someone who's committed to these kids and to the jobs for the future. And thank you all for listening to our on the road, downtown Denver, urban location Boost Power podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So listen, listen to what Colleen had to say. Maybe that's calling you to come here to MSU Denver and get back to your heart and get a little sports management going on. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.